Welcome to the Wake Up and Live show. I am your host, Chantel Simone, and it is such an awesome pleasure being here today. And I'm very excited for this week and the remaining episodes of season three. If it's the very first time that you're watching us here at the Wake Up and Live show, well, welcome. We stand for three key things, and that is purpose, mind mastery, and truth. So expect to be shifted, expect the unexpected, expect to hear that thing that you need to hear right now to elevate your thinking and move you to the next level of your life. Today we have an amazing lineup and a couple of special guests here bringing you some real great insight. So you wanna make sure that you have a pen and paper because notes will be taken. Well, I just wanted to also welcome you to season three of our show. Now we have, uh, it is such an awesome, powerful in, in, in introspection time for us with all the different uh, things that's happening in the global economy. And we have the coronavirus, we have the Black Lives Matter movement, and we also have reintegrating businesses back into our life. Now, throughout the times, we've always been hearing one key thing, is people talking and everybody sharing their perspective. So season three of this show was dedicated to you, a place for you to come on and share your perspective and share the great things you've been up to, the opinions that you have and the things that you've been doing. And that's what our guests are gonna do here today. So to help me with this season, please help me welcome to the show my amazing co-host for season three, Mr. Lester Bailey. Lester, welcome to the show. <laughs> I thank 
Thank you so much, Chantel. It's all been being here with you. And to talk with our amazing guests. You know, I had slight interviews just before they came in, and I'm like, wow, I can't wait to hear this. You know, it's so special for each and every one of us to actually share their perspective. When you're talking about the power of perspective, oh my goodness, because we all see things one way, but which way are they really true? Let's check this out. Let's live our lives on purpose and share the perspective of our lives. Love it. Well, we are very excited today. And just as you mentioned, Lester, in the in the pre-meeting today of today's show, we I was able to really um, tap into something that I think is going to be very valuable for each and every one of us, whether we are working, still working for a company or we're transitioning to online, whether we're in a corporation and we need a solid foundation. Our guests have some gems here today to be able to bring to you. So make sure that you're ready. Our topic with that is all about gaining real results in your business now. Real results in your business now. And why the emphasis on real is because a lot of us are, you know, I find a lot of us are busy and doing a lot of different things, whether we're caught up in our own minds or caught up in our own worlds. But how do we keep laser focused, have a great foundation, reintegrate, stay up with the times, and truly start to thrive? Because that's the only option, isn't it? So, <laughs> so help me welcome our special guest here today. First, we have a, such a lovely, amazing, beautiful, kind-hearted woman. I, when I met her, it was like, wow, she was introduced as a soul sister. So, and that's exactly what she is. And I can't wait for us to do more and more and more together. And she's going to be able to bring her powerful insights of what she's learned being all about business and velocity. So help me welcome Miss Michelle Wilson to the show. Oh, hello. Thank you, Chantel and Lester. Such an honored and really a privilege. And you're right. We were introduced as soul sisters before we even met. And then Lester, you know, it's just been amazing to be able to work uh, side by side with you on just innovative business. So thank you for having me today. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well, I'm excited. And next up we have, well, actually, before we introduce the next guest, Michelle, can you share three key things about you that you would like to share with the audience to give them a perspective of who Michelle is? Well, the first thing I like to share is that I am an optimistic visionary. And what that means is no matter what I go through, I'm always optimistic. I always like to look at the, the good instead of the bad. And um, the second thing is I'm a single mom. And what does that mean being a single mom? Hey, I am resourceful. You know, when this things went down in COVID-19, I mean, I live my life that way. You know, when something happens, being a single mom, I always had to be take resources and be resourceful. So that's the third thing. And you know what? I, I, I have a big heart. I love serving and helping people. So I want people to know that I love business, but I love to serve. So thank you. That's a great combination. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Awesome. Right. Well, thank you, Michelle. And so big, huge welcome to the show. Now, next up, we have a gentleman who has clearly had a lot of experience, not only working with businesses, but as well as individuals. And he has is going to be able to take the depth of what he has learned over the years and share it with you guys today. And so please help me welcome Mr. Larry Lowell to the show. Welcome, Larry. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here tonight. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, it's awesome having you. And uh, Larry, so why don't you go ahead and share three key things about yourself to give the viewers a perspective of who you are? Yeah, no problem. I think uh, the first one is an old motto I think I had from the back in the days when I was growing up in Trinidad. It's something that says perseverance wins success. And I think that's how I've tried to live my life from the very beginning. I think the, the saying just kind of resonated with me from the time I was really young. And uh, secondly, I think uh, it's about, I want to make a difference. I want to be a difference maker in not only corporations, but individual lives. And I want to leave this place, this earth, better than I found it. And I think maybe the third one is to, uh, to change the way people perceive things and the way people think. So that they, because they are able to better understand themselves. So I think those are the three things that, that kind of drive me and kind of tell you about myself. <laughs> awesome. Well, I love it. Well, listen, I'm so honored to have another Trini on the, on the, on the show. <laughs> See, you didn't Trini. know that, did you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Big up the Trini Massive. So we're going to have a real fun night. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love it. Okay, so let's get right into it. How do you focus in on results in your business? Especially during these times. How do you focus in on the results in your business? So um, whoever's ready can go. I guess I'll go. <laughs> For me, um, you know, I always start with vision. I said I'm an optimistic visionary. So, you know, I, I know what I want my life to look like, you know, three, four, five years from now. So that always that's kind of like my GPS system that keeps me focused. And when COVID-19 happened, yeah, I had to pivot a little bit. Some of the goals I had set, some of the, you know, things that I wanted to do, I had to change. But it was all, always that ultimate vision that I have that kind of kept me on track you know, going through the, the COVID-19 and, you know, kind of all the uh, disarray that's going on in the world. I just, I'm just so focused and so committed um, to not only to my dreams, but, you know, I have a legacy that I want to leave for my family. So that's kind of what keeps me driven is my vision. I love it. Speaking of vision. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's very important. And how about yourself, Larry? You know, you know, over the years, I've discovered that for any outcome you want, whether it be in business or in your personal life, there are three layers, right? And in order to, to have the outcomes you need or you want, you have to take the actions necessary to be able to, to gain the outcomes, okay? And laying on top or underneath that is a motivation to actually do the things that you need to do in order to get the outcomes. And mm -hmm. underlying that is the foundation you need to be built on in order to do that. So let me give you a quick example. Okay. So every January 1st, how many people end up in the gym? Thousands. Thousands. Mm -hmm. So they know the actions they're supposed to take and they start taking the actions. But for those who have no motivation, because they don't have to get into the swimsuit for summer or they don't have to look good for the wedding, they stop by January. But the ones who have to go on to summer, they're motivated to get it all done. But the people who are going to be continually working out are the ones who are now making a foundational change with what's my lifestyle gonna be like? What am I gonna do about my health? 
what am I going to do as part of this working out? What am I trying to improve? And if they have those foundational principles there and they have the motivation and they take the action, the outcome is simple. So it doesn't matter if it's business or you're working out or, you know, your own personal life. That's the model I use all the time with people I work with all the time. And it works. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, well, let's bring it to the COVID times because that's just great yep. business advice all around for, that you both shared. Now, how do we, because, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people are still, we haven't anticipated or we didn't anticipate that quite into July that we're still on lockdown. We're still at home. We still have businesses to, to, to adjust to. What can you share from a business perspective and gaining results? How have you survived through COVID, which started months ago? Michelle. Well, for me, I know when I started the year, you know, I had some big dreams and what I wanted to do and so forth. And when COVID hit, and I'm talking about in my business, what I wanted to do in my business, I, I found that it was uh, not relevant anymore. So I really had to kind of transform my business a little bit, just pivot a little bit. And I really looked at what people um, needed at that time. And there was hundreds of people who were learning how to, you know, work online, work from home. And I've been working from home for, for years. I was like working home and, and traveling. But um, I looked at what the need was in that particular moment. And then I just pivoted. I just, I offered services that would help those in need. And that was just really helping people get online, transitioning their business online. So um, although I didn't, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had all these goals, action plans and everything. I just had to repivot and really look at what the need was in the marketplace. And I just decided, hey, I was going to serve that need. And I've been, you know, just busy, crazy busy, just pivoting to understanding what the need is out there. So can you give us a quick example of what you did before COVID and what you did to pivot? Because I think that's the hottest topic right now is people pivoting, especially if you have a brick and mortar, you know, how do you pivot to online? Everybody's, you know, now everyone thinks, oh, there's this new Zoom thing. And for us coaches and trainers, you know, we've been using Zoom for years. We're like, what do you mean? So what is it that you did before and how did you actually pivot to start doing something during COVID? So the one thing, you know, as a, a solopreneur, I did a lot of networking. I would go to networking events, right? So that I can, you know, meet my, my prospects and so forth like that. So I was always driving to some type of event, a chamber event, a VNI event. I was always driving and then also meeting my clients. And then when COVID-19 hit, I was like, wow. Um, one of the groups that I, I, I'm i part of, which is VNI, you know, we, we transition online, but I was like, how can I meet people? So I use Zoom as a tool. I just didn't show up. There was a lot of, you know, business expos. There was like a, uh, you know, mixer online and so forth. So there was a lot of different events online. However, instead of just showing up on Zoom and just watching everybody talk, I had a strategic plan where I would reach out to people. If I saw someone in that Zoom meeting, I was like, hey, would you like to meet for a virtual coffee? You know, and so I would take them offline. So I had a strategy of like, how can I make people online, not through social media, because everybody was on social media. I was like, okay, I want to go where people are not. And that was Zoom for me. And so I would just, you know, I would be intentional and look at, you know, um, who's the customer that I wanted to serve. And I just, I, I just went to a lot of Zoom events, masterminds and so forth. And I had this system where I would just private message a person and get them on a Zoom call. And then I have been creating so many different um, relationships just through that strategy. 
Listen, that I love that. Lester and I have been talking about that because there's a lot of different. So here's a, a, a huge tip that Michelle just shared. For those of you who are watching, if you've ever been on a Zoom call, which I'm sure by now you have, probably multiple, and there's all these summits and conferences. I mean, I'm speaking at a few coming up. There's a few that, you know, there's a there's an amazing mastermind coming up. If you want to know more and you're a business professional, let us know. Just send us a message and we'll get you um, invited to it. Now, what you shared, Michelle, was key. And, and before we jump to Larry, I wanna, I wanna really harp on this for a moment because a lot of people, when you go to these Zoom meetings, you sit there and you listen and you take notes and you turn off your camera, go get something to eat and come back. But the key and the gold is exactly what Michelle said. It's not necessarily the big presentations, but it's those side conversations, those private messages. You hear somebody talk and be like, I like her. I wanna meet with her. You send them a private message. I can't, um, I can't explain to you how many private messages I've got and started to, to, to give at these masterminds and, and online on Zoom, but that's literally, you know, pretending you're at a live event where you pull somebody aside and, and have a conversation with them and exchange business cards. It's just easier in a sense. So that's golden, Michelle. I love that. Thank you. How about yourself, Larry? Now, please share what did you do prior to COVID and how did you adjust and change during COVID? Okay, so prior to COVID, I did a, lots of uh, networking events face-to-face. -face. I mean, it was every week, two to three to four. Uh, I was doing speaking engagements. I was doing a lot of that type of work. And when COVID hit, it all went away. <laughs> It was gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, having been in, in uh, the technology business for many years, we worked remotely from back in the late 80s. So remote work wasn't an issue. You know, the technology is all there. It works. You use it in the past. It wasn't an issue. The, the, the only issue really was um, doing what you were doing and realizing that there was only a certain part of your business that would make sense during COVID. And that was to ramp up instead of the speaking engagement, that was to ramp up the coaching of the individuals, right? And that was the pivot that I made uh, very quickly because I recognized that, hey, people could still meet on the electronic platforms um, and they still wanted help because this COVID thing was driving them crazy. They couldn't figure out how to deal with it, right? So there was a demand out there for those types of services. And uh, you just had to connect with the people. And therefore, you know, it's the numbers game, right? The more people you meet, the more possibility there will be people who need your services. So get out there. Uh, as uh, Michelle was saying, get out there, go to the masterminds, go to the uh, networking events uh, virtually, um, you know, be part of uh, a board of trade, like the Mississauga Board of Trade, or um, the one out in Oakville, or, you know, the one in Oshawa, or the Toronto Board of Trade. Get involved. They have run several meetings um, online. Uh, the BNIs are out there, right? There are several um, networking events that, that are there. I mean, there you could be in networking events for an entire week, <laughs> like yeah. nonstop. Um, but the key thing there is making the connections because it's about meeting your future customers. You may, they may not need you now, but in the future, they, they will. So it's the foundation. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me something. You know, it's really, really strange. 
are you all enjoying working from home better now during this coronavirus season? Or would you much rather still get back out touching flesh? Because I know reaching people on Zoom or StreamYard or Facebook has opened the world to you. What would you much rather do? I know this is a new normal. Larry, what would you much rather do? I think for me, uh, especially in the coaching business, uh, it's one-to-one. When you're there, you need to be face-to-face. You can't see the real body language. You can't see what people are doing. You can't pick up on, you know, the old word, the vibe. You can't pick up on that uh, very well if you're on that electronic platform. I think there is a good balance between the two going forward. There are first meetings. Look, people are not going to hire you uh, because they haven't met you, they don't like you, and they don't trust you. They're not going to use you, right? So you have to meet them face-to-face. And once you've established that rapport, yeah, then you could take it off onto the you know, onto the, the virtual platforms. But I think meeting people face-to-face is the first thing that you have to do. If you don't do that, I think you lack a certain amount of relationship building that needs to happen before you're trusted and you're able to do this online, right? <laughs> so that's just my, I think going forward, it's going to be a blend between the virtual meetings as well as the, the contacts. Well, Michelle, I see I see that you have a slight different perspective. So what is your perspective about that? How did you know I had a different perspective? <laughs> but for me, oh my gosh, I have met people all over the world um, through this COVID-19. I mean, I've been able to talk with people with New Zealand, Australia, and get different business perspective has been golden for me. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just about getting to a, a, for me, it was just getting to a higher level in consciousness, you know, and getting that intuitive, um, being able to connect with my heart. I mean, I have met some amazing people and I would have never been able to meet them if this didn't happen, because like I said, I had to change what I did. And, and when I was uh, showing up in these networking groups, I was showing up in groups that people that were kind of like, like-minded, like party, that had the same emphasis that, that I do. I'm meeting some fabulous people. I mean, I would never been able to keep my business global if, if this didn't happen. And so I, I love it. I would, I, and for me, I'm in Southern California. So I didn't realize how much time me spending on the road, getting from one appointment to, um, you know, getting to a networking group, I would do one or two meetings a day and I'd be exhausted. Now I think before, I mean, my product productivity, has skyrocketed since I've been virtual. So I'm kind of a little bit different. I don't know if I would go back. I mean, I probably would, but I probably wouldn't do as much as I was doing, uh, you know, in the car. I, I'm definitely going to be an online um, person. And if we can meet, that's great. But I've, I've, I've learned how to really build that rapport. And it's, it is about time and investment and learning and relationships and just really opening up your ears and listening. I'm a, I'm a listener. So when you listen and really understand the heart of someone, you just connect through heart to heart. So that's my perspective. I love it. It's just on purpose. Chantel, what are you, what are you thinking here? I saw you were about to chime in too. <laughs> you know what? I think, it, I think it's great. And they're both pretty empowering. Um, I see the value in face-to-face and I see the scalability, I could say, <laughs> with the online. You know, the online, I feel we can have a, we're able to, you know, have a further reach. So it really depends on um, what angle you want to look at. But I was, you know what, I was, I'm, st- I'm really curious and you both talked about networking, just in slight different ways, but, you, and you, but yet you both talked about networking. I want to know, and I put it up on the screen here, 
did you shift your product and service? Because we're talking about how to gain results. So now we know, of course, networking is everything, whether it's face-to-face -face or online. But did you shift this product or service that you offered during COVID? So were you offering the same coaching pack packages and just made it virtual? Or did you shift from coaching to now, you know, selling on Amazon because everybody's doing e-commerce? So did you guys shift your product and service? Larry? Um, no, not at all. It was some, mm -hmm. so it's like uh, sliders on a, um, on a mixing board, right? There's some parts of them that were pushed up a little higher and some of them that were pulled back. And as COVID comes back, maybe it'll go up and down, but it's continually being shifted. But the products and service are exactly the same. So, the same. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out to, to the viewers that we have here. We have Jada, Precious, hello, hello, Daniel, great evening, great afternoon, guys. And so I wanted you guys to chime in. You see the question at the bottom. If it's if you've watched the show before, you know the drill. So let us know if you have shifted your product during COVID-19, then click one for yes. I have shifted my product, Chantal, I don't sell that anymore. Or no, it's the same thing like Larry just talked about. It's just you kind of scale and, 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 and make it make it work. So let us know, did you shift your product or service that you were offering before COVID during COVID? One for yes, two for no. Okay, mm -hmm. so let me make one, one other, uh, other statement about that. For me, I didn't have to. Um, if you were in the you know, retail space, if you were in a whole different types of businesses, then you went from potentially making alcohol to making hand sanitizers, right? So I, I think it, it, you know, I think it all depended upon um, what market you were in, what kind of production facility you had, what kind of services you, you were delivering, and whether or not you were able to translate that into some kind of an online platform. And in many cases, many businesses were not able to. So they had to, they basically shut down with no mm. revenue whatsoever, unless yeah. they could have figured out a way to leverage the, um, the infrastructure they had in their companies to provide or build or develop or you know, create another product or service during this time, right? But for, I think for our business, that's service-based um, in terms of the coaching and uh, the speaking and doing the conferences and stuff like that. Like I said, I think uh, for us, it was pretty straightforward. And if you had if you had experience previously uh, working remotely, then this was a very easy transition. For others, it was extremely difficult. For other other organizations that I know, like very, very, very difficult. Absolutely, absolutely, it makes sense. Totally makes sense. So it depends on the nature of your business. How about yourself, Michelle? Did you need to shift your product or services? I, you know, like I said, I just kind of what I offer just for the need that I didn't really you know I didn't really realize how much I was working online you know it was really um, what I delivered was mostly through phone and zoom but you know I was networking to, to, to generate the business um, but I do know that there are a lot of businesses out there that were impacted uh, like I said that they were uh, product based or like the restaurants and you know the, the chiropractors and, and those those type of businesses but you know i was working with businesses like that it's like you know you had a, a another almost a stream of income but 
you know, what's really popular today is subscription-based services, you know, and I know there was, there was this uh, one young gal, she had a store, but she couldn't sell her stuff in the store, but she created a, she didn't even know what she was doing. She had created a sub subscription-based membership, so she still had income coming in, even though her store was, was closed. So it's not about, you know, just having this, that brick and mortar. What else can you add on to that? What other business and services? So if something does happen to your business, you have an additional uh, a stream that is not just dependent on on that and so that's why i like working with um with people just like okay what else can we do maybe it's just one thing that we can add online you know not your whole business but what if you can't work in a physical world what can you do out, you know bring value to it on the outside so that's mm -hmm. my that. I, I also think a lot of companies going forward are going to come up with uh, diverse ways of uh, protecting their businesses so that they're able to run both uh, bricks and mortars as well as online. So right. if anything like this ever happens again in the future, they've got revenue streams that are distributed across two pieces of business that, so that you know the impact would be lessened, right? I think you'll yeah. see a lot of that happening going forward. Very true, very true. You know, how did the Black Lives Matter movement impact you and your business? Michelle, what's, what's the impact it had on you in your world? In my world, it, you know, it hasn't really impacted in a way because I am a service-based, I work from home, so um, it hasn't impacted in that way, but definitely, you know, my my heart, I've, I have a, um, you know, a son, he's just it emotionally impacted me, you know, uh, just knowing, I, I mean, I grew up in, in Simi Valley, you know, lived in a, you know, all-white community, and um, but I had always had a mindset. It's like, okay, I, you know, I can't taught me that you could do anything you want to do and so forth. But I do know, like my son, he wasn't—he's growing up. He was impacted. He was always getting pulled over and things like that. So it just brought more reality uh, to me. But it didn't really impact my my business per se because of of just the level of what I do and so forth like that. I'm not out out in the streets. And I also have a son who has a medical condition. So for me, um, you know, I had to really. Um, stay at home because I just didn't want to, you know, I had to be very careful of, of going out. That was another, that, that kind of impacted me too. So I have a few other things going on. Yeah. Mm, got it, got it. Larry. So uh, Black Lives Matter for me, it's, you know, um, not really an impact on the business as such. Uh, however, uh, you know, it's about, it's about time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I would say. It's about time. Um, it's been so long uh, and so bad. There are so many things that need to be fixed from the judicial system, from the laws that are written, to how uh, the government operates, to how the police operates. All of that needs to be resolved. And, you know, I guess in this situation, fortunately for uh, Mr. Floyd, uh, it was the last it was the last straw. Right? Yeah. And it seemed to have come to that situation for things to take the next step forward. Mm -hmm. um, I hope, pray, that the momentum that started isn't lost. Um, and that, you know, we move to, um, to a kind of um, melting pot that we, we I, I grew up with in, in, in Trinidad many years ago, back in the 50s and the 60s. Mm -hmm. Where yeah, there was a difference and there was still a little bit of that. But you know when Carnival came around? 
well, <laughs> when Diwali came around, <laughs> when Christmas came around, well, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? It, yeah. it, I'm, I'm hoping someday our world gets to that point where it's about the respect of others that it's not entrenched in the systems. So, uh, to me, Larry, it's an amazing step forward. Yeah. So tell me, where do you, I mean, what do you think would be the is, biggest impact? What would you think is the biggest impact for the change that you're looking for or, or we should be seeking? I think right now the biggest change is in the enforcement area. Okay. So uh, let me just, let me just expound. This is just my own thoughts. Okay? So just my opinion. <laughs> uh, let me preface it by saying that. What we're going to do, share our perspective. <laughs> just my opinion. Um, I, I think our forces, our police forces do an amazing job, but they have their, um, they have their priority half-assed backwards. Mm -hmm. They are, they are uh, tasked to preserve the Constitution in the U.S. and they're tasked to preserve the Charter of Rights here in Canada. However, every time they stop someone because they are Black or because they're non-white, it's a violation of the Constitution and the Charter of Rights they're supposed to defend. So for me, if they fix that nonsense that's going on today, half of the problems and half of the issues at least would just go away. So they're not training their officers properly. If they decided that they could spend the money and train their officers properly and being able to enforce the constitutional rights of the people, they are not the police. Every time the police stops you, what do you think? You think they're going to try and nail you for and if you don't want to talk to them, then they think there's something wrong that you've done. But no, it's my right to say I don't have to self-incriminate. It's protected in the Charter of Rights. It's protected in the Constitution of the U.S. I don't know if it's the first or the fourth or the fifth amendment. I don't know which one it is. Don't mm -hmm. quote me an American Constitution. Okay, please. But that's my, my point is simply this. Teach these guys to enforce the laws they're supposed to uphold and hold them to the same laws that everyone else in the country is accountable for. And that's not what's happening today, from my perspective, both in, that's a good and in the U.S. I, I, I like that. That's, that's a per perfect way of looking at something because it's done. So, Michelle. Yeah. You know, how do you see that impact, you know, versus Black Lives Matter? and the police, how is that impacting your way of thinking? Well, um, you know, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of agree with Lily says, you know, that we are uh, guilty until proven innocent, you know? And so, um, you know, it really goes back to our children and, and our um, household, right? I mean, we, you know, officers are there to protect us and, and so forth. And I think it goes both ways, you know? It all, I think it really everything starts within the home, right? And um, you know our values and how we see and see people, and I, you know, how it gotten so out of hand as far as um, you know, enforcing the law and so forth. It really connects with you know how they were brought up and their beliefs and so forth like that. I, mean, I think it's it's, it's rooted deeper than just um, the act of, of doing it. Something that that, that they 
they, it's a belief system that they've um, you know, acquired over the years and so forth. It's more wisdom to write to, to act that way. Like said, it's more training, uh, more actually perspective of, it's about empathy and just really um, about people that we are human as, as uh, you know, we're just human. Becoming more human is, is what seems to be. Lester, there, there are three levels to this thing. Sorry, I just <laughs> at the run level you have the police enforcement. At the next level you have the government, whether it's a you know a state or a province or a municipality or something like that, right? And then you have the laws that are governing that state, or then you have the laws that's governing the country. And if you look at it, the enforcement piece is an enforcement of what the immediate government that the police force is reporting to is telling these guys to enact. And then it's the state on top of that, or the province on top of that, telling the cities, this is what you're supposed to enact. And all of those laws that are built one on top of the other all have to be changed if this is going to, if this is going to ever, ever change. So at this point, the first way to do it is the police force. The next level to do it at would be the governmental levels and all of the laws that have been enacted that are so discriminatory in their in, in the way they're written, right? So unless you start revamping the whole system from top down, you know it's never going to happen. But the most impactful place to start is with the policing because it's the one-on-one -on -one contact every single day. And it's what you're scared of every single day when you see those cars go by. Yeah. Is yeah. it going to be me today? And if I get stopped, what am I going to do? You know, you read something quite interesting. And, and first of all, the funny part, uh, Larry, I'm not sure if you know, but Lester is a retired police officer for 30 years in the Chicago Police <laughs> Department. <laughs> So I'm not you. answering this question. It should be Lester. So what's your opinion being in law enforcement for so long? Do you see that there needs to be a change today? I'm turning into the interviewer now. This is funny. <laughs> we had that conversation in our first episode. We had two police officers. Oh, and we okay, went cool. in on our okay, So let's not cover that already. I think like a, a quick snippet answer, like maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, for perspective, Lester, please share. The, the perspective of it is that everybody looks at the training. Policemen actually do their trainings. They're not confused on what they're taught. What you see is the difference between how somebody lives their actual life. See, yeah, everybody looks at the laws. The policemen follow the laws. They follow the laws directly. How that person was brought up and how they act outside are just like your kids. We know our kids are the most wonderful children when they're around us. What happens when they leave? <laughs> so that's that's my purpose there, Chantel. <laughs> you know what I found that was, and, and Derek, definitely Larry, check out the first episode. It's awesome. For those of you watching, the police, episode one of this season. But what I found is quite interesting as you both were talking, and it makes me wonder what impact do you believe that your environment growing up has had on your current perspective? Because you both came from two different environments and, and you, to me, you have very clear two distinct perspectives. There's overlaps, but they're different in terms of the approach to the Black Lives Matter. Now, um, you know, Larry, you grew up in Trinidad and Trinidad is a whole other kind of conversation. You know, Trinidad is a little melting pot on its own, you know? 
And um, and in and in North America, and and more specifically, Michelle, you mentioned that you grew up in Simi Valley, I think it's called, where it's maybe mostly white predominantly um, out there. And I can actually relate to both because I grew up with very Trinidadian West Indian parents. Yet when they had me, they moved to from a you know a majority black area to a majority white area. So I I can understand both perspectives. And it's interesting to see the manifestation of your thinking. And I wouldn't, couldn't be a mindologist and not talk about our thinking, right? Right. So, <laughs> so Michelle, what do you think, um, even just hearing Larry's perspective, I saw you nodding your head where you say, yes, we both have different perspectives. What do you think that your um, environment growing up has had, how the impact that has had on your current outtake regarding Black Lives Matter? It does, it has definitely had an impact because I had parents who really raised me as not being different, you know, and just, hey, um, I'm an equal and uh, you can do whatever you want to do. So I had that mindset, I didn't see color, um, I come from a very, you know, faith-based, Christian-based, you know, love everyone. So I really never saw color growing up. My parents taught me that, you know, we just love and, and it, you know, it's a lot of things in my, in my family had a disabled um, sister and so forth. I saw things very differently because it was just the way that my, my parents raised me. They just didn't, they, it was never about any type of color or difference or, or what I didn't live in a household, you know, like when I go out with, you know, driving and cops, I didn't, I didn't have, I think I, my perspective was a little bit different because of that. Mm. Fascinating, fascinating. Environment is everything. <laughs> it, it, it sets a tone for the future. So if you have young kids and you're watching viewers, just always remember whatever environment that you're growing up, then uh, you're growing them in is really what's going to foster and set their mindset in the future. So maybe good or maybe an opportunity to review. <laughs> Larry, what's, what's, how do you think your, your upbringing impacted you? Wow. Okay. So you know, if you take a long journey back for many years, uh, growing up in, in Trinidad, and I mentioned this before, you know, everybody celebrates Carnival, everybody celebrates Eid, everybody celebrates um, Diwali, everybody celebrates <laughs> Christmas, everybody, you know, everybody, everybody is a part of everybody's lives. And, every, and you know, uh, I know my family is very diverse. Um, you know, it's not only from an, you know, in East Indian background, but it's also African, it's also Spanish, it's all, so it's a whole mix up of stuff that was happening. And to come to Canada when we did back in the day, I was three of three of uh, 1500 students who were non-white. So, wow. yeah. So when you're in that situation, you're a novelty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They want to know who you are, where you're from, and of course, why you speak English so well. <laughs> and, and, and you see that, and I've seen the transition from being a novelty to becoming a threat as there are more non-whites moving into Canada to the point now where they eat our food, they, you know, they wind their butts, <laughs> they do the stuff that we do as well there is so much more of an immigration now in the city here in toronto but again that's only a very small perspective of a bigger country with a whole bunch of other problems as well right yes. but i think chantel you are absolutely right 
if you are, you know, if you are going to be brought up, the environment is certainly going to give you the some of the perspectives you will hold for a lifetime, or you will mm -hmm. hold for a very short period of time. But mm -hmm. that only comes down to the person and their experiences within the environment, right? It's so two people right. could be in the exact same environment with two totally different experiences coming out with two totally different perspectives. So yeah. it's the experiences that you live in the environments that you grow up in. That's the critical thing for me. So right. when I look back and I see the diversity that I've gone through, that I've lived in Trinidad, I live in Canada, I've lived in the U.S., I've lived in Brazil, I've lived in Kuwait, <laughs> I've lived in Seoul and South Korea. It's all of those perspectives that you bring to bear in your in what you want to do and how you want to do it and what you now believe and think you can make a difference with and how you can do it, right? And, and here's the most important thing to me. It's not about what it is and why it's important. It's about how you do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm. How do you do these things people are telling you you can do? How do you do it? Because if you yeah. haven't experienced it, you can't just step out on the soccer field and play like Maradona or uh, or uh, Pele or uh, someone from this area like Messi. You can't do it. It takes practice and it takes getting out into the environment. And I'll tell you what, Messi didn't become a great player because he was he didn't play amongst great players. Right? So the environment and the experience and the practice is what dictates that outcome and people they have to remember that yes so if you guys are watching for the if you're just tuning in we are here with michelle wilson and larry law and we are talking about uh perspectives on business and the current affairs and how it actually impacts us we just deep dove into uh, a little bit of the Black Lives Matter Matters movement and we discovered how your perspective in terms of when you were brought up and how you were brought up really dictates and shapes your future. While it may not have had a huge impact on businesses, um, it, it definitely has a huge impact on emotional status, which is most people, if you are a business owner, you are your business. If you're not mo emotionally sound in a moment, then your business is going to be a little bit shaky too. So there is always, you know, indirect effects. So what I want to ask you both is let's get to the, you know, today's topic is really all about gaining results in your business now. So we touched upon how to be COVID ready or how to adjust to COVID and the impact that the Black Lives Matter may or may not have on your business. But now let's let's say that, you know, if we were to fast forward and prayerfully it's going to be only a month or two longer, but we were to fast forward where things have been opening up, opening up and we are all walking in an empowering perspective, not a fear and wondering, OK, even though it's OK to open, you know, just an empowering perspective. What can you guys suggest that will be helpful? What's your perspective on how you're going to go out and gain some business results? Who are you going to align with? What are you going to do? What are you going to do differently? Give us your perspective. And let's start with Michelle, because then I also know, Michelle, you, you're actually part of an amazing movement with RevShare alongside of your, your own business. So you can share a little bit about 
how you guys are gaining momentum and how you're actually going to continue to drive results because you know at the end of the day we all need results to, to succeed and to be to, to to last and to thrive so tell us a little bit about how you're doing it thank you so much and you know i i look at i love lining myself with projects that i believe that are innovative kind of disruptive you know that's that's going to mm. I am working on a project called Rift Share Films. Um, and for me, you know, how do I, 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 I get results? Well, I've got to be, you know, it all comes from clarity and focus, but I got to know what I want in the end. You know, we have less than six months left to this year. So if it's an income go goal, I, I want to know what that income goal is. And once I can focus on what that income goal is, then I'm going to go back and look at my business. Well, how can I reach that? You know, is it, you know, how many customers do I need to do a prospects do I need to approach or I want to say prospects I like to say relationships that I need to build and how I'm going to do that and for me um I believe in collaboration I think um one of the things that really impacted me during this COVID-19 I remember I was on this call and there was all these leaders these millionaires and everything like that and they were like what are we going to do because their business is, is gone right it's like what are we going to do and I'm like oh my gosh this is an opportunity to transform and reinvent and be whoever I want to be, right? And so through that process, you know, now I'm going to look at, okay, for me, it's like it's creating collaborative relationships, projects, and that's why I connect with WebShare because um, I'm all about inspirational, motivational, and just transforming content. So I want to know myself with those type of ecosystems or, or communities, and, and it's really about communities. you got to do it together and not alone. I've been kind of a lone ranger being a single mom. So I'm looking to collaborate and just, you know, not a uh, lot of courses because we all are brilliant. We all have our skills and talents. And how can we pollinate our, our communities and grow together? So that's kind of what I'm looking at doing. That's awesome. That's amazing. You know, I, I love that because it's easy to, to be, like you say, a lone ranger, right? We're, we're already in our homes alone. And it's really easy to just stay that way and stay sheltered. And nothing really good comes out of just staying alone by yourself all the time. So I, the, the reaching out to other people and building a community, I love what's happening in RevShare Films on Wednesday nights. Um, there's a movie night and it's gained so much traction. And so it's it's great and it's building a tribe of just phenomenal individuals and and i and I, I love that i think that's very valuable knowledge and i think you guys every all you listening write that down you know find a tribe that aligns with you and grow with them support with them it's a great way to get results thank you michelle larry what are some things that you're doing to zero in on results in uh moving forward well i think the the main thing about uh the engagement that you can have in in the groups that you meet, in people that you're meeting at these sessions, in building that uh, trust circle that you have. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's also about communicating, letting people know what it is you do, why you do it, mm -hmm. and what the purpose is uh, that you see that's, that's necessary. Uh, more so, I think, you have to build the foundation properly for each one of those people within that group that you're, you're chatting with. Because if that foundation isn't built, like in any other organization, it's, you know, um, everybody else doing what they think is right as opposed to what's right for the organization, right? So build a foundation properly, align the foundation with the groups that you want to be associated with, 
And if you don't know how to build a foundation, you need to figure out how to do it. Because without that foundation, you can't, you can't really build anything else. So for me, the key thing is the discovery about who people are, where they've come from, where they are today, and what do they want to be and who do they want to become in the future. That is critical. Because if you can't figure that out, you're just spinning your wheels, right? I love it. Right? So like I told you before, you know, it's, you know, you got to challenge the perspective to build your foundation to realize those outcomes that you want, those results that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Magical. That is so great. You know, I have a friend that talks, calls relationships real Asianships. <laughs> you know, making sure that it's real. So I think there's a bit of a theme today, you know, building a tribe, getting out there and just. And I love that because, and you know, hey, I'm guilty as charged. I meet people, I'm fascinated about who they are and, and, and they ask me about what I do and I'll share one or two things, but you're absolutely right. It's about really just letting people know. And for some, I don't know who this is for right now, but you may be watching whether you're on the podcast or a replay on, on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. Just know that, you know, we can't, we can't, people, have you're offering something that people need and and they will they can't get it from you if they don't know so that's one of the things i challenge all of us i mean i don't think we could do that more as long as we're you know not all crazy with it but we just you know it's like the more is an fyi because we'll attract and we'll meet the right people that we need to so i love that just opening up our mouth and sharing more about what we do and how we help people getting clarity is so important you guys, I know that this has been this has been such a blessing to people. It was very valuable information, and you know what? There's people that is gonna the, that's watching and it's gonna align with Michelle and be like, "Oh, I grew up like that, and my family was all about love." And I, I get that, and it's so important to be able to hear another perspective. Well, Larry is like, "Okay, well, we grew up, yeah, we was all about love and that and that and, that and so on and so forth." But at the end of the day, look at the system and the justice and the policing, which is such a real conversation as well. And so, I, I absolutely loved having both of you on the line because you really, really highlighted why we're doing this in the first place. Our goal is to be able to have different perspectives, so all the viewers watching, you may identify which with, with whoever and however. But at the end of the day, you can at least understand where people come from. You know, Stephen Covey, he's the, he's the author of highly, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And one of them is to seek first to understand and then be understood. Do you guys have any final comments that you would like to share with our audience today? Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. Yeah, I'll, I'll just share one comment. I what I'm going going through this process, you know, before I always kind of ran away from tension and conflict. And I'm really realizing it's through tension and conflict, change happens, right? We're kind of forced to change right now. So I'm not looking at it as a negative anymore. I'm kind of embracing it, you know, that it, for me, it's just looking at the opportunities. And so, you know, I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, come through a lot during these last few months, but for me, I, I embrace the, the, the tension and, and the change and, and using that to actually grow myself. So I just wanted to leave that with you. Oh, powerful. There okay, is. so I have one for you in closing. So. Your perception is your reality until you have a new experience. 
that causes you to do some critical thinking that changes your perspective, that changes your perception, that changes your reality. And it's happening every single minute of every single day. You just need to be aware and conscious about how it impacts you. Amen to that. Wow, I love it. What great guest today. What a treat. I love it. Lester, what's you know, your final comment? My final thought, my final comment is always listen to someone else's side. Your view is only as good as you can see. But when you can see it through someone else's life, you'll be surprised your next level of success that you'll have. So enjoy the, the conversation and always join us. Like and share, like and share, like and share. Because you will find out more from the people that you're around than you will from your own thinking by yourself. And that's that's how I live my life on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much. Hang tight. And we're just going to wrap up the show. Today, we had the wonderful opportunity of hearing from some business folks and business-minded, business-driven uh, a wonderful lady and a wonderful gentleman to be able to offer you a perspective, not only of where they come from and how they grew up, but also about business. And one of the key themes of today was all about people. It's about meeting people, connecting with people, staying engaged, and building something that is lasting. So I encourage you guys today to take a moment to reflect who's in your circle. Who have you allowed in or who haven't you allowed in today? See, your circle will dictate what your life looks like. It, will, it can actually change the trajectory of your family tree. So during these times, we have access to anybody behind a computer. It could be across the nation. It could be across the world. So figure out who do you want in your circle today and really allow the time and space to connect so that you can gain real results in your business and in your life. So thank you guys so much for watching today. You have watched another episode of Wake Up and Live show in season three, where we share the power of perspective. We are wrapping up the season. We've got a few more episodes in, so make sure you click that share button, like the page, follow it. It would be a pleasure and honor to continually bring fantastic people and information to you. So we'll see you tomorrow at the same time and same place for another great episode of the Wake Up and Live show. Always remember you have one life, make it count, and navigate on purpose. We'll see you tomorrow.